Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. And thank you guys so much for your emails. You guys let me know where you're at and for your suggestions. Those emails are awesome. And they keep me posted on where the, what the audience needs and what, how they're reflecting. And man, I love feeling that connected. So thank you so much for those emails. I appreciate them. Whoever sent them, you know who you are. Thank you. Tonight is going to be about a topic that I think is going to be useful for everybody because it has become such a, an obvious way that we are solving a certain problem. And uh, today we're going to learn to understand the psychology behind friends with benefits. Like I said, this concept is attempting to solve a problem. You know, to have a friend where I just have sex with them. The idea is that we don't really go beyond that. I don't get to be invited to Thanksgiving with you. I don't really get to go out too much and into public, I guess, events with you. But yet we, when we want sex, we get together and then there's sex. Sometimes we have some communication, but the relationship and, and the, uh, and the themes that go along with it, like commitment, reliability, responsibility, it doesn't really pan out in this type of phenomenon of friends with benefits. So it got me thinking of why did we develop this idea? Why is it now very prominent in our culture? Something that we just kind of know, everybody almost knows what this phrase means, friends with benefits. Uh, but there's a lot of people that live it. And as I have been in my practice, talking with men and women, I'm getting the idea that both have different perspectives of friends with benefits. And it got me thinking about chemistry, the chemistry of women and the chemistry of men. And does it in fact serve one gender more than the other? Does it serve one set of chemistry more than the other set? And tonight we're going to talk about all that. What is the uh, meaning behind friends with benefits, the psychological perspective behind that, as well as who does it support more and who's benefiting from it more. I, I mean, I don't know, I've, as I've talked to men and women, they have different perspectives about friends with benefits. And to, to tell you the truth, it is actually very much supported biologically for each one. So first, we have to look at what does the idea or the phenomenon of friends with benefits actually solve? Why is it a benefit, if that, uh, for any of the persons involved in it? Well, to understand it better, we have to kind of see the function of the idea with friends with benefits. The first thing it attempts to do is it helps avoid emotional availability, right? You can't really ask another person who you're involved with when it comes to friends with benefits to be emotionally available to you. They don't really have to. They're not obligated to do that. They're not trying to build with you. Uh, so the idea of emotional availability is really not even a, a primary or even a secondary thing. Uh, it doesn't even have to be on the list of priorities when it comes to a friends with benefit relationship. The second thing is that it avoids commitment. So the friends with benefit tries to solve the problem of people that are emotionally not wanting 
to be available to another person. Um, and also it solves a problem of uh, not needing to commit to another person, but still getting the other benefits like sex, uh, companionship at times when I want it, but it's only on the, ter- on my terms really, um, or the terms of another person, but not necessarily it is for the building of commitment. I don't have to commit to this person again, not obligated. I don't have to even be reliable. <laughs> okay. I don't have to keep my word. It's a friends with benefits people. The requirements are very minimal here. Okay. The third thing it attempts to do uh, is to avoid addressing fear of abandonment. Now, most people will kind of cringe at that thought that somehow friends with benefits really means I'm also afraid of being abandoned, but it really does. Because in a lot of ways, when I have a friends with benefits, we're attempting to engage in avoidant attachment, right? So an avoidance of commitment, avoidance of emotional availability, um, that whole thing that comes with relationships, we are attempting to avoid that. And one of the main reasons we could be attempting to avoid that is for the purpose of not ever experiencing somebody leaving us. So if I don't give that much in a relationship and it's only about sex, then I don't have to uh, worry about an investment that I later could lose or heartbreak that I can experience. So it does benefit a person who is just generally um, an avoidant attacher, a person that avoids intimacy and commitment. It does benefit that person if, if you're that person. And it doesn't let you work on the fear that really underlies all this behavior of submitting to a friends with benefits phenomenon. It's not really addressing that problem. I'm just going to continue to attempt to avoid investment with another person and commitment and intimacy and companionship and long-term building. I'm going to avoid all these things in order for me to avoid the pain that it causes to attach risk my emotions and vulnerability with another person. Okay. The next thing that a friends with benefits does is it provides a quick form of validation. And sex is a quick form of validation as we are connecting with another person. And in those few moments, I feel accepted. I feel accepted as a physical person uh, with another person. They're accepting me. I'm in their I'm in their bed and they're seeing me in my physical form and they're accepting me and they're accepting my personality in those few moments. And it feels great, but it doesn't have the depth of a relationship, right? It doesn't have the um, sturdiness of a relationship. And so it is temporary. It's a temporary quick way to validate me that I'm desirable, that I'm wanted, but it's not actually working on my self-esteem. It is not really inner sourcing that feeling of confidence, that feeling of worthiness and value. It is only, it's, it's only outsourcing it for that moment. I'm, I'm using another person to feel good about myself on the inside, to feel worthy, to feel desirable and wanted on the inside. Again, it's a short term relief for a long term problem that we need to address to the core. Okay. So it could very much be a quick validation as well for a female, because that is the quickest way to get connection with a male is through sex. And so uh, most of the time I will be attracting a male that is not that committed because the first thing I'm going to be using is sex to connect, but that could change later. (laughs) And we'll talk a little bit more about that and how that plays out because I have a lot to say (laughs) about what goes down with that. The next 
perceived benefit that comes with a friends with benefits is that they temporarily relieve my loneliness. And people tell me that a lot. They're like, yeah, well, I feel lonely at the time. And, and I just, uh, call up that person and I get that physical response with them. And for that short time, my loneliness is relieved. This is also avoiding addressing a deeper problem, a problem that is inner centered rather than externally sourced. Feeling of loneliness is a feeling that I produce. It is, it comes from thoughts and beliefs I have about myself. And so when I use another person to relieve me of that, I'm at that moment continuing to reinforce that the problem isn't inside and I'm not looking inside. I'm looking externally uh, to relieve that. So it's a temporary relief for a deeper problem that needs to be addressed for the long term. And loneliness is one of those. Now, the final benefit that friends with benefits perceive is that it meets sexual needs. <laughs> and I hear there's a lot. Well, I mean, I need to have sex. I can't just go go on without sex for so, so much time and they, they'll give me the time period. And I mean, that's nice and nice and applicable at times. But as we will find out today, that's not necessarily accurate. <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily accurate because we're dealing with people. We're dealing with people and people have emotions and people have needs. And so for us to exclude all the other things I just talked about and just make it about sex, um, interacting for the purpose of sex, you're really letting go of a lot of other needs in order for you to just get sex. And so it doesn't seem balanced. It eventually falls apart because it's not enough. And we are uh, resisting the fact that we are sentient beings and it um, downplays it. And that's not that useful, I find. Now, because we started talking about sex, I can't help myself but talk about hormones and the hormonal differences between men and women. So that's where I'm going to take you next. Those differences, those gender differences, you have sex hormones, testosterone for men. For women, it is estrogen, progesterone, and a little bit of testosterone, not as much as it is in males. Now, when it comes to sex, testosterone is a large player in sexual libido or sex drive. Now, I just said that the major player for the major hormonal player for men is going to be testosterone for women, not so much, just a little bit. And so it goes without saying that men are going to have a larger libido. The areas in the brain that are sex related for men are larger than they are in women. Now, on the other hand, for women, the emotional processing areas in the brain are a lot larger than they are in the male brain. So for the idea of sexual pursuit, a male will spend a large quantity of his uh, 20s and even 30s in pursuing sex because of this significant hormonal difference. The sex is on the mind for a male most of the day, like it's a lot, okay? It is also important to note that when a man does not frequently ejaculate, he'll experience pressure in both his gonads and his prostate. And so, of course, uh, thinking about sex also serves as a function to help him relieve that. So, 
And this is important to understand because women at this point, more emotionally driven uh, in connecting and bonding, men generally are in sexual pursuit because of the age and because of the hormonal differences, right? They're going to be more in that flow. So when I think of of friends with benefits, I often think, who is really benefiting, (laughs) right? If a woman's sexual drive is not as high as a male's, but her emotional processing is a lot larger than it is in a male, then what is sex serving in a friends with benefits situation for a female? Often in my practice, I do meet women that are attempting to solve a problem and they are getting into relationships with a friend with benefits. This is tricky because what I often see are women that betray their own chemistry to some extent and their own wants and needs. And in, in accidentally masculinizing their sexual and emotional functioning. They masculinize it, meaning that they make it more masculine-centered rather than a femininely-centered um, outcome in relationships. So they'll pursue sex. They'll say, oh yeah, I can, I just, I just want a relationship where I don't really want commitment and want intimacy, want bonding. But we, we all know that <laughs> structurally speaking in the brain, chemically speaking, the emotional processing and the need for bonding is very high in women. So to deny that you are surrendering your wants and needs as a woman in order for you to get validation in another way. It's like saying to some extent, I might not be worthy of a relationship. I might never find a person. These are some of the things that women tell themselves is that uh, a man doesn't exist that wants bonding. So most, most men want sex. So let me start off by giving them sex first and seeing where it goes. Now, the idea of seeing where it goes gets a lot of women in trouble, I find. Really, a lot of women in trouble. So they lie to themselves. They betray themselves going into a friends with benefits situation and later start to care for that person. They're developing feelings. They want more from that male. Uh, And of course, the male is going to disappoint at times because he is not going in there to see how it goes. He's going in there for the sexual pursuit, which is, of course, chemically or biologically supported in his brain. Now, I'm oversimplifying, friends. Of course, there are exceptions to this chemistry, and there are there are things that are more individualistic to each person. I'm not referring to those things. I'm just referring to the possible heartbreak that comes about from this idea of friends with benefits. What I've seen in my practice of both men and women going through this is quite different, but at the same time, I, I don't think it works for either gender. I really don't. I really don't. Because eventually a male is going to want to build something, but he's not developing emotionally. And so unfortunately, he will be attracting women that want quick validation that may have possibly daddy issues or other issues with self-esteem and need quick sexual validation, but don't know how to commit themselves. So it's I'm attracting another person that could have issues with attachment, right? My being is attaching another person with the same kind of problems. So 
eventually testosterone for males goes down. It decreases and they're going to want more in a relationship. They're going to want to build with somebody, grow old with somebody, but they're not going to be able to accomplish that without primarily seeking it through sex or sexual chemistry. The same might go for females. Females are also uh, continuing to validate themselves sexually. So I'll have a lot of partners, but I will not really be able to find a person who can commit. They're going to want to build as well and grow old with somebody, except they are not secure in themselves and confident and not working on their self-esteem issues and their level of lovability uh, and, the, and healing uh, aspects of, of themselves that seeks sex as a way of validation. What they're going to end up attracting is a guy who's emotionally underdeveloped, doesn't give a lot, and they're going to be, con- they're going to be disappointed in love continuously, continuously. And they're going to think there's no man out there that's, that, that's going to do that. I just, I don't need to be picky that I'm never going to meet anybody. And they're going to continue to reinforce these beliefs thinking they are real, but they're in fact not real. You can find a wonderful compatible bar- partner from a place, now this is a thing, from a place of healing, right? If I am healing and I am working on my self-esteem issues and I'm not using sex as a validation and I'm not doing funny business, what ends up happening is that I will attract a person who's also going to be that way. Now I have to sift through a lot of people that have trouble with emotional or attachment, commitment, all that. So I'm going to meet a lot of people that are not very good with that, obviously. But Eventually, I'm going to sift through them and I need to get kind of moving away from them in order for me to find the person that I'm, I'm going to be uh, a match to. Unfortunately, if I need validation really quickly, I will not wait and I will not do a lot of sifting. I will just quickly find uh, attraction as the main criteria to make a connection with somebody. Attraction, okay? Sex. Now, both for, for both men and women, this again, could become a quick validation and I will not sift through to find the, the proper match and I'll just quickly reinforce the belief that I've just, it's, nobody ever commits. Men these days don't commit or whatever the case is. But it's not true. It, it really is not true. Uh, both men and women are capable of commitment, but I have to ask myself, am I willing or do I have the positive self-esteem to actually wait and sift through partners? Do I have the capability to be emotionally available and committed as well? Or do I just quickly um, bond with a person using other means rather than emotional connection or spiritual connection or whatever it is that you value that has more depth than just the physical aspect, the material aspect uh, that we have in the world. I hope that makes sense. This is really important, you guys, because it's solving a problem, but sometimes we solve a problem and it just creates another one. It avoids actually a deeper problem when it, when we attempt to solve the, uh, using the friends with benefits idea. It's just avoiding a deeper problem that we need to look at and we need to address. And it leaves a lot of people disappointed in love. And it also makes them avoid dealing with their own issues of attachment and bonding and woundings that they may need to face and heal in order that, in order for them to bond with another person. There is no age in love. There is no time limit or deadlines in love. Love exists without those things, I assure you. So we don't ever have to worry that I'm being too picky or uh, I, I'm getting old. Uh, 
or this will never happen. This, these statements, these beliefs come from human insecurity. They just ain't real. When I start to have a great relationship with myself, when I start to have a deeper relationship with myself and I'm kinder to myself and I'm generous with myself and I'm just having fun with me, I have a lot of fun with myself. I'm no longer thinking that I need a person to fill in loneliness. I'm no longer needing to, to get away from myself and my feeling of loneliness by distracting myself with another person for a temporary time. I am simply great with myself and I'm enjoying myself and I'm enjoying the ride with myself, which is what I'm born to do, to enjoy my journey and to play it out. And then eventually, somewhere along the way, I meet this person that just is a great match, that just adds the cherry on your Sunday. <laughs> and that's what it's, that's what it looks like, friends. That's what it truly looks like. They're not necessarily the whole Sunday. You are the Sunday and the whipped cream and the peanuts and the all the fancy stuff. All they're doing is adding a cute little cherry uh, on that Sunday. They are not everything, but they are a snippet or a compliment to what you already have. They're mirroring your relationship with yourself. So if you're kind, gentle, generous with yourself, more than likely, you're going to choose somebody that reflects that. If you're not that kind to yourself, if you don't think of yourself worthy or lovable, you're going to be okay with and not find anything wrong with a person who treats you this way, gives you very little, um, commits to you very little, does not really care about your depth in any way. That that's You're going to attract that person based on your self-esteem and where you're at in that. So, this is the deeper problem that Friends with Benefits is trying to patch up, but it's a temporary patch up, eventually falls apart. And when it does fall apart, when it does fall apart, unfortunately, you'll be in a place where I've connected with a person for the wrong reasons. I did not work on the relationship primarily with myself that needs to be mended and I attempted to distract myself and to quit, get the quick validations through sex and through other means rather than really getting deep in a relationship with myself. And then while I'm doing that, then I get to bear witness and uh, to another person's journey and they get to bear witness to mine. We're not fixing each other, friends. We don't want to be fixing each other. That, that's a, that's a whole nother problem. When I'm connecting with a person in order for them to fill in a gap for me or I fill in a gap for them, we are basically um, in a gentler, milder way. I'm saying we are trauma bonding. We don't need to be doing that. What we need to be eventually is in a place where I have my own journey. I enjoy the hell out of it. And then I meet somebody who enjoys the hell out of their own journey, doing their own work. Right. It doesn't mean that we don't come with baggage, but I'm in charge of my baggage. They're in charge of their baggage. And when we get together, all we're doing truly, truly, simplistically, we are bearing witness to each other's journey. We are enjoying each other and we are sharing with each other the journey. Not necessarily they're completing anything in me and they need to fix something in me and I need to fix something in them. We're not avoiding anything. We know we've got baggage. And there's a beauty to being seen by another, being seen by another person in, in your full authentic self and me looking at another person in their full authentic self coming together and really building a relationship. Again, it is very possible. But if you continue to perceive that it is not possible, unfortunately, you will uh, be reinforcing that because your brain likes to reinforce that it is correct, 
that it has a mastery over the world. And unfortunately, whatever belief you've got in there that you want to reinforce, reinforce, if you're not cleaning it up, checking on it, it, you will be reinforcing it over and over again until, you know, you prove to yourself that you are right. You will find that person that proves to you and your belief that you're right. You will find that person. Now, if you perceive that you are worthy, that you are lovable and that you sit with that, you'll also find that your brain will find somebody who perceives that too. And it just, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. So in conclusion, <laughs> when we talk about friends with benefits, we really got to ask ourselves, you know, if you're a female or a male, you got to be honest with yourself. Is the friends with benefits trying to fix a problem that I really need to look at, that I really need to look at? Because I'm not building with anybody. I'm using sex as a form of connection, which, you know, lusty chemistry doesn't really last too long. If I don't have uh, a deeper connection with the person, eventually it falls apart. And I'm just going to have to repeat again uh, the same pattern. And I've just been reinforcing this pattern forever. And then eventually I build nothing with anybody. I build nothing. Um, just a lot of sexual gratification and I'm at that level of depth. I'm only seeking sexual gratification. There's no other fun to be had. There's no other fun to be had. Eventually my testosterone goes down and my sexual libido goes down and the person I got in front of me, did I, did I really seek to make a connection with them from the right place? Are they a match to me even beyond the sex? You really have to ask yourself, these questions and be honest with yourself. You know, I'm, I'm, if I have a friends with benefits, am I doing myself a disservice? Am I doing a quick patch up to something I really need to look at deeper? Because eventually it just reinforces disappointment and love. And it's just not fair. It's not fair to you, not fair to the other person. And so, but really, I think it's more importantly, not fair to you. You need to discover what a friends with benefits really does for you with all honesty. And so I hope this helps you wherever you're at today. If you know somebody that can benefit from this, please send it to them. Even if you are not engaging in a friends with benefits situation, if you've ever cheated on your spouse, you are wanting to hear this out too. This is something that could be relevant to you because to some extent we are using sex as a way to solve a deeper problem that sex cannot solve, friends. It just can't. It just can't. So we got to look at it correctly. We got to be honest with ourselves. And uh, face our past, face our demons, and learn from them. And we can all benefit from that talk, no matter where you're at in life. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I hope this finds you well for the holidays. We are just starting them. Just remember to continue to work on that relationship with yourself because you are in fact not alone. You are with you. That's what you're built to do, to have a really nice, deep relationship with you, that a person only acts as a compliment to that. Sex is emotion in motion. However, we are a conscious spiritual being. And so sex is only an adjunct, uh, an experience in the physical world with the physical body. It is not everything. <laughs> it is not everything. It is not meeting our spiritual, emotional need for soul food and nurturing. So please don't betray that need in you and make sure that you're meeting it. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light. And remember, you're allowed to want more. Just remember to wait for it. This has been an episode of Drive Through.